Yes, people, hope everyone's doing well. Welcome back to Process, a podcast with myself, Brendan Pearson. So today's guest, we are joined by Ethan Hamilton, who is a British touring car driver. He's only 19 years old, but he's been pro for a few years now. It was great to have Ethan on talking a bit about his journey up to the point where he's at now. Now he's professional. What he's been doing through lockdown, which is a little bit interesting. Also talking about his mindset and especially dealing with high pressure situations like performing on TV and the pressures of being such a young driver and maybe the perceptions that a lot of all the drivers have on him and how he's had to almost prove them wrong to prove himself as a young driver. We also talk a little bit about how he deals with a few bad races or poor form, how he comes back from that and also how he deals with the ego side to it, with getting success at an early age as a lot of young athletes and sportsmen and businessmen in general can get carried away with success at a young age. So we discussed that with Ethan as well. Before we start the podcast, if you haven't already, get subscribed for weekly episodes of Process. And if you do enjoy this episode of the podcast, share it on your Instagram, tag my Instagram and Ethan's as well. Both mine and Ethan's Instagrams are in the show notes. So just click on that, share it on your story and let us know what you thought of the podcast. So we'll get started. This is Process. Right. Yes, people, welcome back to Process. Today we're joined by another guest, Ethan Hamilton. Welcome to the podcast, mate. Yeah, thanks for having us on. Um, no worries, mate. I was going to say, just briefly intro yourself for anybody who doesn't know who you are. Tell a little bit about yourself and what you do. Yeah, I'm Ethan Hamilton. I'm that in your old. Um, and I'm a racing driver from North Allerton. Um raced in all sorts of different car racing championships like British Touring Car and Clio Cup. Yeah. I know. So it'd be interesting just to hear about like but to be fair, your mindset and everything, because I meant I said before before off camera that I've been in the car racing with you and I did not know how you do it. So we'll get onto that down the line anyway. We're both struggling a little bit. We're here for you, so we've both got our tissues at the ready. If I put this on yeah. YouTube, people can see it. But to start off with, briefly, I want to talk about what you've been doing during lockdown. Like, cause Are you allowed to go out and, and race on the track and stuff at the minute through lockdown, or do you have to kind of adapt and do something else? Nah, so all the tracks have been shut right through lockdown. So to be fair, everyone's been sort of in the same boat, not really much to do, but yeah. there's... Um, a lot of simulator racing been going on, so everyone sort of, well, who's got a simulator, or if they haven't got one, they've been buying them. Um, and then everyone's sort of like come together and done different, all sorts of different simulator racing championships. So there's, there's loads of different things that's been going on to sort of keep people, keep people in the rhythm of it and, uh, and have something to do. Yeah, how realistic is the simulator? Is it pretty... Pretty real compared to driving. It, yeah, it's not far off to be fair because, like the tracks and everything else, it's sort of it is like you could practice on there and then go to the track and relate to different stuff. But like some of the cars, like a lot of them, are, like developed by actual drivers, so they tend to feel like more like the real thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it is good just to keep like when you're doing like a twenty-minute race, just to keep the concentration for twenty minutes and yeah, like well keeping the racecraft going and just everything like that that you would do in a real car but just on a simulator uh-huh 
Yeah, I was going to say, it'd be good to kind of keep your eye on because I, I don't know what you would do for, if you couldn't do anything for like that long apart from like playing your Xbox or something like that. It's probably not the same doing that, <laughs> keeping your eye on the Xbox for 20 minutes, but no, nah, that's good, mate. Uh, so just to start with, it'd be interesting to talk about kind of how you got into it. Uh, well, re- like any sort of race car drivers, I don't know how your, your career quote-unquote started from when you were like a young lad. Like, you still are a young lad, but right back when, it, when everything first kind of started for you. Yeah, everything sort of started when I was oh, probably seven, seven or eight. I actually got a 50cc motorbike and yeah. just used to drag that around the field. And then uh, I think, well, my dad used to do karting. And I think when I was maybe eight or nine, I got my first go-kart. And we just used to go up to one more at Sunderland and just do, do a bit of practicing and that. And uh, just for a bit of fun, really, just for... Bit of, bit of a laugh with me and dad on a on a Sunday just in the summer when it's nice there, um, and then at the same time I was playing football, so it was sort of like just a a summer thing, um, and then as the years went on, I think probably 2011, 2012, um, we started to find a little bit of pace, so we we're like, oh well, we might we might give this a go and uh, and try and do a race. So dad ended up finding a go-kart that was like a well it was a junior but it was it wasn't a cadet which is like for up to like 12 year old I think or 13 year old um and then we got that and we started testing that and then did some practice and then we thought right we'll uh we'll enter the first race but obviously it was just me and me and dad out the back of a work van <laughs> just on our, on our weekends yeah how, how did you do your first race you do all right well I'm not very well I don't think no, <laughs> <laughs> so you weren't exactly like naturally, naturally gifted kind of thing. If you didn't win like the first race, yeah, I can't. To be honest, I can't. I can't even remember because it was it was mixed classes. There was like three different classes in the in the uh, in the race that I was in. Yeah, but yeah, we just sort we just sort of built it up really, uh-huh. um, just from being a bit of fun to then a bit more a bit more serious, but. We just did it for enjoyment. To be yeah, fair, but. I, that's I think a lot of people get the stuff like through enjoyment sort of thing. I think that's the best way to go about it because when you yeah. enjoy it, you're just gonna end up doing it long term. And I see there, I said more. That must be the way most like Formula One drivers, touring car drivers get into yeah. it through like go karting. Is that like the kind of standard sort of thing when you're a young lad to go go karting and then it just progresses from there? Yeah, it is really like some people you can start racing cars when you're 14, but a lot of people just. They'll go through the karting ranks and then they'll sort of get to a point where it's like, do I keep just going with karting or do I then move to cars? Because a lot of people move when they're like 15 or 16. Yeah. It's just so much more different and a lot of door, a lot more doors open. So I think karting's probably more common than the actual car racing at like yeah. high level when uh-huh. you compare the boss. So you can you can drive actual cars at 14 years old, if like, but only for racing? But you can't drive yeah. them legally on the road. That 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 baffles me. That yeah, no. that's crazy. So it, when did you first drive a car? That'd be I interesting. Fifteen. Yeah. Um, but my first race, I was actually sixteen. But yeah. So, so you hadn't even passed your test. No. <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> that. Did you pick it up? No, no. Did you feel? Did you feel like you picked it up? In fact, that that's an interesting question. How um how many times did it take for you to pass your driving test? 
uh, once. First time can you remember what you got, like minors and stuff like that? Yeah, I got 30 minors. I remember 30 minors. Yeah. Probably because you just weren't thinking about it. You were just like, oh, this is just easy, this. I know. Not checking. I thought, when I saw 30 on the sheet, I was like, I've definitely failed this. Yeah. And then I was, when you said you passed, I was like, what? Yeah, because it's 14 and is it fails. Is it all oh, any more than 14? Yeah. I remember, yeah, yeah. Well, I Googled it after, so I was like, what the? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. So, obviously, you did your go-kart and stuff. So, you said it was 50 when you kind of started doing your car racing. How did you kind of get in, into the two-run car and how did it progress from there? Yeah, so, I did, like, I did two years in the uh, Junior Slim Car Championship, which is little 1.6 Citroen Saxos. That's yeah. what you can do when you're 14. Um, and that was like that was crazy because like I was 16 when I first started but there was some lads who were like 14 doing it and they just looked like like yeah. I mean I probably look young but I mean like some yeah. of them were like really, really small and just like it's just like how the hell can you even drive that car yeah um, and I did that for a couple of years um, and then I did what was after that it was oh yeah the Junior Cleo Cup which is what I took you out in. Yeah. But that was the senior one. Um, uh-huh. After that, I did VW Cup, which is Volkswagen Golf R's, um, a series with like Sirocco's and all different golfs and stuff like that. Um, and then Clio Cup. And then, but before Clio Cup, after the VWs, um, we were at, I think it was Rockingham Racetrack. And uh, Tony Gillenby owns Team Hard said that he had a seat available in the in the touring car for the last two rounds if he wanted to do it. So we were a bit like, well, it's sort of a one in a lifetime opportunity, really. Yeah. Um, so we ended up sort of saying like, yeah, we'll we'll obviously really want to do it. So we went ahead with it, and that was back end of twenty eighteen. Yeah, how did you do in that race? Um, first race, I was somewhat like 29th out of 32, yeah. And then race two was a pretty good one, actually. It was 20th, yeah, 20th out of 32, which yeah. I was pretty pleased with. Cause, yeah, like, so say, so how old were you then compared to like what was what's the average age of like the racing driver that you were compared or competing against? Yeah, I think average age probably. Oh, We've well, got like Jason Plato would be like fifty odd, but then I think the youngest at the time was about twenty four, and I was seventeen. All right, so a bit off. Did you yeah. get any? Did you get any like funny looks off anybody? Like I put it in my notes, just about like like other drivers who are a little bit more older and experienced. Look, like who's this kid? He's probably like he just drives around in his boy, boy racer sort of thing. And he's, <laughs> he's turned up here. And he's a decent driver sort of thing. Did you kind of did you get that sort of um, perception from people early on? Yeah. I, I think you do because people are a bit like, it's like, who are you? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And like, I think because of my age and stuff as well, like, I know there's some people like put a few comments on the face, but there was, a, there was like a few negative ones which were just saying like, who like who is he? And basically just stuff like that really. But I sort of just went into it with a man that like, I've not really got anything to lose. And like, this this is an opportunity to sort of get my name out there and uh, and like 
progress for future, if you know what I mean. But yeah, definitely, I did get a few sort of funny looks, if you like, yeah. really. Yeah. Well, it's probably it probably is expected, but how did, how did you deal with those negative comments like the start with? Did it, fit, did it like get to your head a little bit, or did you just kind of just forget about them? It did at first, but then sort of there was like at the same time there was a lot more people who were like supportive of it, if you know what I mean. So yeah. it was still obviously not great to see, but I think there's a well, there's a lot of things that go on the social media even with the racing now like there's a couple of drivers in there now that a lot of people have got sort of negative comments towards and right. I don't necessarily agree with that because I think it's like I don't really think you need it and especially like if you're going in to do something like that it's not it's not ideal anyway yeah. no to be fair I sort of I just I don't know really I think I just sort of got over it and just thought do you know what like Let's go and prove them wrong, if you know what I mean. Uh-huh. Yeah. It sort of made me a bit more determined. Yeah, it's a good mindset to have that, to be fair, because I think a lot of young lads, especially if they're going into a spot like that and start getting some negative comments, they probably might go on the shell, then it might affect the performance, which I obviously didn't really for you, um, which is it's kind of good to see in terms of your mindset. So, starting, like, remember that first race that you, had, you were just talking about there? We, do you get quite nervous and stuff before going into races like that? Or were you nervous before that first one? Yeah, I was that was <laughs> terrified. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I uh I'd come onto the onto the grill, I think it was my first race. What they do is the the cars are on air jacks. So you go out the pits, you do like an outlap and warm your front tires, and then when you park on the grid, they put the uh they put the air bottle into the car and the car like pops up. because um, it's got some like little shoots that come out the bottom which which obviously jack it up, and uh, one of the front jacks wasn't working, so my, I had to run with cold rear tyres to start with. Yeah, and uh, I was like, "Oh my god, this is my first race!" And yeah. I'm like, cold rear tyres. <laughs> um, and then I just remember like the on the whole noise and everything when you're on the grid because you've got earphones in, but it's like it's so like loud, and. Uh, yeah, I was, I was. I must admit, I was nervous and like, yeah. That that first that first time, just like how the car starts off the start line and everything like that. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was pretty nerve-wracking. Yeah, I can imagine. So, what's it? What's it like? What's it feel like before you kind of like? Obviously, the, the lights go green, kind of thing. What What's the things that are going through your head at that moment? Just like, right. I need to get off to a good start. Like, are my tyres warm enough? Like, where am I going to go at the first corner? Because, mm-hmm. like, every race is, is different as well. So, yeah, I, yeah, there's there's a lot of things that go through your mind. I think you just sort of, you just got to, like, focus on the lights and just get a good start and then just get your head down, really. Yeah, yeah. You kind of forget about it as soon as you get into it. Yeah, you do, really, because you, you're, like, thinking about others around you all the time. So, it sort of just, like, simmers away. I was gonna say you can't really think about anything else when you're driving at the speeds and stuff that you go because you're, you're probably just so focused on, yeah, not, not crashing, which is something to talk about. Actually, do you ever think about it like before a big race or before any sort of race, like crashing or anything like that? Not really. I, I think like I think if you worry about crashing, it'll have like a negative effect on your driving. Yeah, I think you've just got to have like the mindset of like if 
if something happens, something happens. Like you don't want to, you don't want to be reserved in your driving because you're worried about, you know, like crashing into something. Yeah. Like, because other, it just it could backfire. Uh-huh. But yeah, to be fair, it is when you do have a crash though. It's an absolute nightmare. Not yeah. only for me, for all the team, we've got to bloody fix the thing. Yeah, I was going to say if you had had a big one. Yeah, I did the, the last. Well, actually, when I was in the touring car, um, someone in a BMW sort of went a bit sideways in front of me. He sideswiped the lad who was next to him, and then I was just coming round. And as he sort of like turned, the car was moving forwards, but towards mine as I was coming around the left-hand corner, and it just smashed into the side of the car, and it like it ripped the rear door off. Um, it broke like the front suspension, and oh yeah, it was it was a serious. Accident. Were you all right? Were you fine? I was all right. Yeah, it so didn't they... look too bad. Like when I watched it back on the camera, it didn't look bad. But like in the car, it felt like it did feel like quite a big hit. Yeah. How fast were you going at the point when you hit him, or he hit you? Probably seventy or eighty. <laughs> I can just about. I do think about that sometimes. Like you know, I'm just driving down the motorway. I'm doing seventy miles an hour. I'm like, yeah. if I hit something now. Like that's that's me good done. I'm done now. Like you just you just driving past like like looking into the fields and you're passing things. Like if I hit that now, like that's me done. Like I don't know how how you <laughs> deal with that mentally knowing like you've probably have you seen any really big crashes like in, in races uh, that you've been in, like big ones. Yeah, yeah, like I remember we were racing one weekend and someone had sent us a video of this crash that had happened at a different track. And yeah. this car literally barrel rolled three times into the pit lane. Um, and then this other car just went head on. It, it must have been doing, I don't know, maybe 80 or 90. Just like head on straight into the barrier. Yeah. It was a, it was a massive, massive crash. And it's like the, the Billy Bond thing, the, the lad who uh, unfortunately lost his legs in Formula 4. Um, that was a, yeah, that was a really bad crash. That was, yeah. but like he's done absolutely mega since then. He's he's ended up winning races in like F three and stuff since then. Oh, fair so, play, yeah. Then. But yeah, that's good going that. So in terms of like we're talking about mindset and stuff like that, how do you how do you have like do you do you feel like you build up the courage and the confidence to drive the way you do? Because like I said before, I've been in the car with you for a little bit. It was only like a. What was it, 20 minutes or something like that? And you, yeah, like, I didn't, I didn't realize how close you get to each other. Like, you literally, like, bump with the bump with people, breaking before corners and stuff like that. How do you, yeah. do you feel it, it took you time to get that confidence, or do you feel like you naturally just had it in you? Yeah, to be fair, I was sort of like, I think when I first started, I was sort of like, I was quite a, like, a late, a late breaker. Like, I just, I didn't really care if you know what I mean I sort of yeah. just like went for it and just hammered it yeah <laughs> which probably isn't such a good thing now because you need to be smooth but I've sort of sort of learned a bit to be smooth really but yeah like I think I'll just I'll just use somebody hammer it <laughs> <laughs> so you're, you're just you're just a natural nut and you just kind of got a bit better at it at all yeah really. bit of technique yeah that's crazy that because that I always wondered, like, I think if I, if I was doing it, I would be one of the kind of cautious drivers to start with. And I don't know if I'd just, you'd get used to it over time. It's like you probably adapt to any sort of situation like that. You just get used yeah. to 
being so close to up front with someone. Uh, so do you get, have you ever like bumped someone before? Do you get like point penalties and stuff like that for just bumping someone like that or not? Yeah. You, you, I was going to say, it must happen a lot if you're that close to people. You must like at least clip them. Yeah. Oh, I'm trying to think of a, I remember there was one time in Saxos where we were um, at Smetton. So coming into the first corner, there was a lad in front of me and he'd sort of like broke coming into the corner and I didn't. I sort of kept my foot in. Yeah. And I wasn't expecting to break and I tapped his rear and he sort of like went pirouetting off and smashed into the side barrier but his car was like wrecked. Both windows were smashed. What, so was that your and, fault? Well, I did get a penalty for it. You didn't? He, I don't, yeah, somehow I didn't. <laughs> Did you did you have his team on your case after the race, like in your in your pit? Oh, they got you, did you? Yeah, we weren't best of friends after that one. <laughs> does it does it get quite like rowdy and stuff? Like if there's like something like that happens, or there's a disagreement between teams and stuff, does it get quite like is there anything like, fight or stuff like, that? like you know like you see footballers that like stand up to each other like, head to head? Does it ever get like that sort of thing? Yeah, not like not as in like scrapping like throwing bats at each other. Yeah. Like, that people do have words like you, you'll get out of your car and if if you think like someone's done something bad you you can get out and say like what you're doing is or something like that but yeah you don't I think if you if you punch someone or something like that I think you just get a ban yeah so to say I never see it in like F1 I never see it like Lewis Hamilton get out of his car and smack someone I don't I don't know if it's ever happened <laughs> yeah. I, I don't really follow the race that much so it might be wrong there might have been someone who's been bad for it or whatever <laughs> but so talking about your your mindset in terms of racing because how, how long are your races on average or do they kind of vary in length uh, so the races are usually 20 minutes plus one lap right so it well actually some track it will I think it does vary a little bit because of the track length but uh, usually it's 20 minutes plus one yeah so do you feel do you get quite tired doing it because to be fair, actually, one thing I remember, I felt ill after going to the car. You know, at the start with like you go on the roller coaster, I didn't feel too yeah. bad. And then like, it got like the last five minutes, so I was like, whoa, this is actually getting to me. Do you ever, does it, like, does fatigue set in? And do you feel like physically tired by the end of the race? Yeah, when I must, like, when I start to do touring cars, you have to do uh, like 300 kilometers before you can do your first race in the car. Yeah. And uh, I was trying to do it in one day at Bronze Hatch. And, like, by the end of the day, my neck and, like, my back, I've never really felt that before. Yeah. Because, like, the touring car's completely different animal to anything I've sort of ever drove before. And it's sort of, towards the end of the day, like, my neck and my arms, I could actually feel it. I was like, Jesus Christ, this, yeah. is, getting, this is getting a bit hard here. But in terms of, like, a 20-minute race, not, you'd, you've got, like, a probably like uh sometimes you've got 12 hour gaps between races at least or sometimes it can be two or three hours so you've always got a bit of time to sort of like chill and like debrief and just sort of like get yourself back together to go again yeah so it's not, it's not too bad because i was gonna say talking about like physically do you, do you have to do much physical training for because i've seen like, the likes of lewis Allen's kind of I've seen in terms of racing, he's went down the more like focusing on his physique and focusing on training and stuff like that. Do you do much yourself? 
Crazy. I know, yeah, I know well, we, we briefly did a little program together sort of thing, so I know you've been doing a little bit of that, but did you do anything prior to that? Yeah, I, to be fair, I used to like, go to the gym. I'd probably go two or three times a week. Um, and I was, well, uh, I had a bit of a sort of meeting thing with Red Bull and then that led to doing like some fitness stuff with Red Bull at their place. And they sort of sent me some different things that would help with my racing to do. Yeah. But... They were more just like, um, more just like, like different stretches and stuff. It was more like a, uh, I think they called it a body MOT, is it or something? Yeah, yeah. I don't even. Um, a lot more mobility focus rather than actual stretching yeah, and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, like you used to go in the gym a couple of times a week and that. Um, but then obviously when I got that program off you, yeah, that was sort of like. That was the first real thing I'd had to sort of give me a bit of structure when I'm actually in the gym. Yeah. Um, I, like, because I think. I could actually, sorry, I could can you carry on? Yeah, yeah. Like I could actually see like a difference, if you know what I mean. Uh, yeah. When you do get that like actual structured program and yet they kind of progress it over time, you, that's when you will see the difference. And I think in terms of your driving, I don't. Like, body weight's not going to be a massive factor unless you're like really, really ridiculously overweight yeah. so I, I think you'll be fine once you're down to a certain weight you'll be fine but I think more it'll help you psychologically when you do come to do like the longer races as well so if you're doing like an hour workout maybe for example that's like then you can kind of recruit it that's an hour race like keeping your keeping your focus keeping yourself like if you've got the physical capability to to do a full hour workout without getting tired then it'll help you with your racing um, yeah yeah and I also think a lot of like do you, do you say because your neck, your back got tired? Do your arms ever get quite tired doing like a lot, the longer races that you're on about? Just because your constantly, your arms are constantly on the wheel. Obviously, turn yeah. it it's high speeds and there's a lot of g forces and stuff. So I can imagine. I mean, it's a completely different story. But I did there. Uh, I did go karting last year for like t- like twenty minutes, just like as you do like normal go karting. And my yeah. grip, my grip was killing me. Like, by the end, it, my hands like we just did a training session. Like I'm a goalkeeper. We just did a training session beforehand. And then we went as a team to do goal cut. But my hands were killing me. Do you ever find that? <laughs> yeah, especially in goal cutting because your hands are like vibrating. Vibrate. Like, that's what it was. Yeah. Like that, and they're like cats are lethal for that because they like get your back and everything. They do like yeah. They oh yeah they. They're not nice things, and a lot of people wear like rib protectors to protect the ribs and that because you end up with like bruised ribs. And like you say, like your hands are just like, yeah, especially if you do a long distance when your hands just end up being like stuck in that position because they've been vibrating for that long. Uh, after, after like 10 minutes, I was like, I'm, this is like a workout now. I'm sweating, my forearms, my grip's gone, <laughs> my legs are hurting. And I wasn't, I was like, I'm, I'm done now. I looked at the time, I was like, another 10 minutes to go. This is just, this is just brutal. But I wasn't sure. <laughs> Yeah, I wasn't sure if it was similar with that. Like, obviously, touring car. I'm guessing it's a lot more kind of comfortable because you are in an actual car. Yeah, it's your arms still do it because they've got a sequential gearbox. So you like you're pulling on a stick. Yeah, like backwards and forwards. Um, and yeah, they are they are pretty physical. The touring car is the most physical thing I've ever drove. Yeah. Um, like the the mini that we'll we'll be racing this year that. That is, I thought that was quite physical to drive, and you've got to really focus because it just wants to bloody kill you. Like, it's yeah. the like you're driving a straight line that just moves about so much. Really, 
Yeah. I, I would have thought they would have designed it so it's quite good going straight line rather than going over the place. Like I complain that I'm driving like my dad's van and it's rearing off to the right. Never mind driving it. I, I would have thought these racing cars would have been fine in the straight line. You can just chill, put your hands off the wheel. It would have been fine. I know you don't, so you don't, so much. I don't know what it, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's because it's not set up right or what. But yeah, Jesus, well, like, I hope it's set up right. Like I want to hold it. I remember when we first we first got the car and first day in it, and you wind the suspension off so it just like it basically doesn't really do anything. And yeah. uh, Dad had forgot to unwind it, and I went out and I was like, "What the hell is this?" I I literally went around the first corner. I was like. Jesus Christ, is this what they like? Like, the cow's just moving about all yeah. over the place. And you put your foot down and it just, like, talks there from left to right. Yeah. So what do you do What do you do in them situations where you, you know something's wrong? Like, if you, you probably, you've probably been in loads of situations like that, where you know there's something, like, doesn't feel right with the car. But do you have, like, a limited amount of pit stops and stuff before, you, like, per race? So you're not, or do you, do you literally just do a lap and then go straight back on the pit stop? Yeah, so like if something's wrong and like I can't, I can't carry on. Then I'd like come into the pits, and they'd have a look at it. You you've not got like a limit on how many times you can come in. So like if if you have got damage, you either like choose to pull over and then someone will come and recover you, or if you if you know you've got damage but you think the car's drivable, you can just sort of carry on because a lot of the time it's sort of worth it to finish the race so you get the points rather than. Yeah. Like coming in the pits and then scoring zero because if it gets to the end of the season and you you like I don't know say a few points off being a place higher up or whatever you'd be kicking yourself saying like why why did I not why didn't I like finish that you know just to get even get the small amount of points because consistency is just key especially like as you as you move up and that because it's so close it's if you are finishing sort of in the top five, in the top three. That's sort of where you want to be because it only takes one person to then have a bad race for you to sort of make up a bit of ground, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Have you been in a position where you've had like a bad race or maybe a few bad races and then you've kind of dropped a few points? Yeah. Cleo Cup, um, we had quite a few just like, just like stupid little things that would go wrong. Like, um, I remember first race at Brands. Um, it was like first race on the touring car package, so like first race on the on like the TV, and uh, I'd got the TV camera for the first for the first race in my car, so I had like the onboard ah, camera. Right, yeah. And uh, I, I I was nervous, like because like having the camera in the car. Yeah. And uh, I think I'd qualified third. And I was coming around on the warm-up lap because, like, you have one warm-up lap before the race to just get your get your tyres in because you're on slicks. Uh-huh. And I went off track, and the camera was in the car on the TV. And I come down; it was like the third corner, and uh, I threw it one way, threw it the other, and I just lost the rear and just like pirouetted off the track. What, and, the uh, what, what were the commentators saying on that? Did you did you watch it back? Uh, did they say anything? Yeah, they were just like. Oh, he's been, he's been way overly aggressive. Yeah. <laughs> I, honestly, I couldn't believe it. Like, first race, I remember getting back on the Sunday night, watching it, thinking, what the hell? <laughs> yeah. So do you watch back all your races? Yeah. Watch the We used back. to get back at, like, midnight, 
and then we'll have it on record. So we just watch it when we get up. Yeah. So then I'm going to talk about how I didn't realize I forgot to ask you about obviously racing on TV and stuff like that. Does that kind of add an extra level of nerves going into them races? Yeah, I I think it does because like pe- people, well, if they do watch, people will be watching you. If you know yeah. what I mean? Like, and there's a lot of spectators at the races. Like, you get like 40,000 people coming to watch and stuff. Uh-huh. So there is like that added bit of bit of pressure on top as well. Like in a saxo, you'd have like ten people like coming to watch. It was yeah. it's not the same, not the same thing really. But yeah, it does. At first, it was a bit like like with the, having the camera in the first time, and that was a bit nerve wracking. But I think now you just sort of you've got to forget about it and just sort of get on with the yeah with the racing really. Uh-huh. So talking about what about the bad races, so you had a few kind of bad races where you went off and tried to survive that. How did you get yourself back into kind of a better form after that in the following races? Is there anything that you do like, I don't know, like ritual-wise or something before races or do you, do you just kind of just turn up, get on with it and then you just kind of get yourself back into the swing of it? Yeah, so like if, if like I have a bad race, we'll always like, sort of have like a bit of a debrief we'll get the camera out of the car and then like sit and go through it and say like what you could do differently or like where where I made a mistake or where it went wrong and it's just quite good to like to go through that and talk about it you know just for like for in future situations you can relate to this one and then learn from it if you know what I mean yeah yeah that's a bit that's a like we used to do that football-wise, the same sort of thing. You just yeah. always look back through your clips. As much as you don't want to look back through your clips and, like, no, because you don't have a really bad race or you might have made a mistake or something, and it's horrible yeah. when it comes because you know it's coming up, you know the mistake's coming up, yeah. you're like, ah, oh, yeah, I know, I don't. <laughs> you don't like watching it, but it has to be done kind of thing. You do learn from it. Um, yeah. It's quite good that you literally, as soon as you get back after the race, you kind of look at it straight away. Do you, um, well, when I played, like, my tank games is probably different in terms of adrenaline rush football compared to racing driving. But do you struggle to get to sleep after the races? Oh, are you not too bad? <laughs> I'm usually pretty knackered because it's so sort of, yeah. like where you you're always like sort of on the move, you know what I mean? Like going backwards and forwards, and it's like the whole lead up to the to the weekend and stuff. Like because we prepare our own car. You've, You've got all that to worry about before the race. It's not like you just turn up and drive. There's so many other things like you need to sort out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you have usually pretty nice. It's just straight, straight in <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> That's all right. Then. Everyone's, everyone's partying in the trailer. Like, mum and that, they all have drinks and stuff. And yeah. Like, they're all partying in the trailer on the back of the truck. And I'm just like flat out asleep watching bloody... Top gear or something. That's that's me, mate. I'm the same. Just get Netflix on, <laughs> sit in my bed and just chill yeah. off it. I thought come put me bomb for party and stuff like that. So I just want to talk touch on a little bit about obviously having success at such a young age. Do you feel that there was I don't know, there might have been a point where because I know if you compare it to like football, I know a lot of young lads get contracts young and they get a lot of money and they end up just either going out loads or the guests in the head, they buy nice cars, they, or they, they end up kind of getting this big ego. Do you feel like there was ever a point where you feel like you could have went down that route or something or maybe someone's kind of said to you, or do you feel that you've kind of had a good little support network around you that 
they've kind of kept you grounded or you've kept yourself grounded. It's, you can see how easy it is that like you're a young lad and you've obviously had a lot of success and there's probably money that comes with it as well. And yeah. It's just how you kind of dealt with that. Yeah, like, to be fair, it's the thing with racing, it's all about, like, sponsorships. So there's never a point where you feel like, like, yeah, I, like, I'm earning good money off this, like, I'm sorted or, like, you, you can't take your foot off the gas. Like, you've got to, you've got to constantly be doing work to sort of make it happen, if you know what I mean. So, you've got to keep, like, keep your head and and do what you can for the sponsors and stuff. So, they want to come back so that you can then race and then try and progress to, like, back to touring cars. Yeah. And it's like, you've got to... I think you've got to have like good relationships with the sponsors and stuff because they're so important for like moving forward. Mm-hmm. Like obviously, like your dad, not like Northern Floorcraft, they've always sponsored me through throughout like all all my racing, which has just been like absolutely mega. Because like if it weren't for people like your dad, like it wouldn't be possible. Yeah. To do what I do, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So you feel you need to you need to kind of keep yourself grounded and just keep focused and literally just focus on the racing and the rest will come just because you need to keep everybody else is supporting you kind of both like on your side but also you kind of owe them a little bit of respect for what you do. Yeah, yeah. That's a good and way like, of it. There's, I think racing is like 80% off track, 20% on track. Yeah. Because the work that goes in behind the scenes is just like unreal. Like, uh-huh. It's not just like turn up and drive. You've got so many other things to sort out, like before the season and stuff. It's just, it is, it's like having a job, like, and like, well, like another job, if you know what I mean. Like, it takes up so much time. Yeah. So but you, it's, it's worth it. Oh, yeah. I was say, you can tell that you love it and stuff. So, how big's your, how many members of like staff or like your crew sort of thing do you have in total? Excuse so, yourself, obviously. Yeah, so there's usually, like, we usually have two mechanics on the car, but we'll have, like, a driver coach and then, like, team manager and who'll sort of, like, overlook everything and make, like, the setup changes. And then you'll have, like, a a bit of a data guy who comes and then plugs into all the cars, gets all the data off from the drivers, and then you'll go and, like, have a bit of a debrief with the coach and the, and the uh, like, the data man, if you like. Um, so there's usually... Or probably two on the car. There'd be five people. Two per yeah. car, but then you'll have two or three per car, and then you'll have like your your people in the background who yeah. do stuff like three or four people. Yeah. So that's probably like another little incentive because you've got all these other people who are working for you. It's very different when you're in like a team sport where you've got like other people to kind of rely on and stuff within your team, but you're literally when it comes to down to the race, it's like, it is literally just you, obviously the team help out with the car yeah. and stuff, but they're helping you so you can do the best possible. So I think they probably, like, that adds a little bit more pressure on you, but it also kind of makes you think, like, I need to get my head in gear. Like, I can't let everybody else down, which I think's another good side of it. Do you feel that yeah. the, 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 the pressure's ever got quite intense at one point and maybe like, I don't know, everyone has a moment where they like crumble under pressure or they maybe like, lose it or there might have been a kind of an off track sort of time where you've you've struggled with pressure uh, if there is any it'd be good to kind of talk about it yeah um, I don't I don't know because every every race is sort of different you just sort of, you, I think you've just got to take it as it comes and then like 
it's hard to prepare because you don't know what the situation's going to be. Uh-huh. But I think, yeah, you do feel under pressure because you've got sponsors who, like, obviously sponsoring you, and you need to put on a good job to do, like, well, to to promote them. But like, you wanna you wanna go back to the sponsors and say, oh yeah, I've I've I've, I've had a win, or I've had a second, or I've had a third. Yeah. Um, so there is always that as well because it's like if I'm not performing what's to stop them then going to sponsor someone else yeah uh-huh. it's like you have like it's like, it's like, like contracts in terms of football like you, you, you need you need them kind of even if you get one year contracts it's the same sort of thing for you like you need to keep performing if it comes to the end of that contract here and you're not performing teams are going to like sponsors and stuff and yeah. it's going to be like I'm off this guy's winning so I'm going to go with this guy rather than you and they're going to benefit yeah. my my company or my brand or whatever it is a lot better. So there is yeah. a lot of, there is a lot of pressure for you to keep on keep on performing. So respect to you, to be fair. So in terms of moving forward, what's the plans? Well, to be fair, it'd be interesting to hear about what's what's the plans in terms of racing, in terms of the lockdown rules and stuff. Do you think it's going to resume soon or not? Do you do you not really know yeah. too much? They've put a, a vice calendar out. They've the touring cars are still doing 10 races, but they've got a race weekend every weekend in August. All right. Which is going to be pretty hectic because be if good. you've got damage, you've not got long to fix it. Aye. Um, and then, so, but the minis, what we're doing this year, they've reduced it down to five rather uh-huh. than eight rounds. So, but I, they've not really said who can, like, sort of go. But I'm hoping that you'll sort of be allowed like your family who come to support you. Mate, yeah. I don't think it's because obviously because of like crowds and stuff, but yeah. Yeah, I think it's like it's a lot better when you've got family there to support you. Because you can make a bit of a weekend of it as well, really. Yeah. No, it is a good day because obviously I went for it was like a thingy day. What do you call it? Yeah, a practice day. So yeah, that was pretty it's pretty good. Like, I keep saying I need to come and get get to a race, but you the, the races are always miles away. I know. But they're here, they're here, there, and everywhere. But it is a good, a good day out. Like um, they've, they've took cross off this year as well, which is an absolute. Have Unfortunately, uh, not everyone's from up north. Yeah, I know. Everyone, <laughs> I know. So never mind us. Doesn't doesn't matter about us. Do you think you'll ever transition into? I, I don't know how much of a dip. Well, probably is a big difference transferring from a touring car to F1. Is that a, like a, a common thing that you it has happened kind of in the past with touring car drivers that have transitioned over? Not not from touring cars, but a lot of the F1 drivers will sort of come up through Formula 4 to Formula 3, which Formula 4 runs on the same weekend as the touring cars. Yeah. I think, like, if you're going to get up into F1, you need to be in single-seaters rather yeah. than, like, a tin-top car, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, but there was a guy, um, Matt Blum, then he's called, who raced in the Audi S3 and touring cars. He used to race for McLaren and Ferrari, I think. Yeah. Uh, he raced last year. He, he had title sponsorship off PHP. Oh, right. Uh, but it's, yeah, I don't, I think there is a couple of, a couple of people from years ago who've like made it through to F1. Um, but it's not, it's not overly common. But yeah. I think to get to F1, it's bloody not easy. Yeah, I was going to say, because it's the top, top. Yeah. Oh, level it's probably it's like Premier League isn't it sort of thing yeah. it's just like but again you said two guys are completely di- it's almost like a different sport in its sense so yeah 
Yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna ask the opener question. Will we see you in F1 one day? But we'll probably probably stick to Q2 and Carl. Yeah. Stick to <laughs> yeah. and Carl. Good stuff, right? We'll finish off with the last little Q and A bit. I know you need to get away for your for your practice at half past. So, three questions for you. The first one, I don't know if you've had a look at these. Uh, the first one is three people you'd like to invite round for coffee or for a dinner. Just three people you'd like to like to speak with. Anybody past or present? Uh, Lewis Hamilton, I think. Yeah. yeah. Actually, I don't know about him because uh, he's a good driver, but I think he's a bit weird. Though. Yeah, there's, uh, there's some there's a mixed opinions of him, but it'd be, yeah. an, it'd be an interesting one still to, to talk to. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, Lewis Hamilton. Um, who else? Uh, Max Verstappen, who's F1 driver for Red Bull. Yeah. Um, who else? I'm trying to think. Um, probably. Mark Webber. Because he's sort of he's gone from F one to like into Porsches and yeah, you know, he's yeah. done like all sorts of different things. When I watched F one, the guy used to like cars quite a bit. Like a few years ago, he was one that I used to like. Yeah, was it Red Bull? Was, was it Red Bull? He was at. Yeah, yeah, he was at Red Bull. I remember yeah. that. I see, me, me knowledge isn't too bad. <laughs> uh, <laughs> next question is three people you'd want to train with. So this would be obviously it's like. Gym related, it could be because he used to play football, it could be football related. Um, anybody yeah. sort of that, that in that aspect, I think I'd, uh, I'd like to go for a gym session with a rock. Oh, yeah, everybody, everybody <laughs> wants a gym session with a rock man. He's big, and he's like, I think it's called Iron Paradise. His gym, I can't remember what it's called now, but he's got his like own portable gyms, man. They look at you, yeah. He, he gets them when he's on like movie sets, I think he gets them moved round for him. <laughs> like a big, in like a big tent thing, it's mad. Like he's some size. Oh, man, he's big. He? He's a big lad. He's like six foot seven or something as well. I think. Is he? He's tall. Yeah. yeah. Go on. Who's the other two? Uh, other two, Cristiano Ronaldo. To yeah. see what his what his like routine is and how he goes about his training, uh-huh. and probably an F one driver like Lewis Hamilton again, just to see sort of what the differences are to what he does. Yeah. Training wise for 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 racing. Yeah, because I've seen he does it because he's he's sponsored by Puma now, so I've seen a few things from the Puma like YouTube or something that he his trainer and stuff. So he's kind of into it. Yeah. Uh, so be interested to hear about it. And then last question: one thing that you'd say to yourself five years ago. Uh, never give up. I think probably. Yeah. Simple one, isn't it? Everyone should hear, listen to that one. To be fair, just don't give up, especially if you've got a dream and you you, you enjoy doing it. Just keep doing, yeah, keep doing it, even if it gets gets tough. But mate, yeah, that's been that's been great. Do you want to shout out your social medias where people can find you and shout out your racing team as well? Yeah, yeah. So my Instagram's Ethan Hamilton Racing. If you just type that in, it should come up. And uh, same on Facebook and Twitter. It's just Ethan Hamilton Racing. Um, Obviously, big shout out to uh, all my sponsors, including Northern Forecraft, obviously your dad's company. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's been uh, it's been great to be to be on and have a little chat. I know, I've enjoyed it. It's been good. Thank you very much. Cheers, yeah. mate. Cheers. 
Thank you very much if you listened to the full episode with Ethan. Thanks again, Ethan May, for coming on. It was a pleasure talking to you. So if you did enjoy this episode of the podcast, let me know, let Ethan know. Drop us both a message on Instagram, like I said at the start. Our Instagrams are in the show notes below. So just click on it, drop us a message, share it on your Instagram story and tag us both. We'd love to hear your feedback. And if you did really enjoy the episode, get subscribed and also leave us a five-star review at the bottom and let us know a little bit about what you thought was good about the podcast. So thank you very much again for listening. This has been Process.